Welcome to the Wildflowers and Weeds in the Weeds podcast. In this show, we're going to explore the personal and dig deeper with some of our favorite artists about the creative process and what goes into their songwriting, storytelling, and art. And we'll have a front row seat to strip down music sessions with that artist. Our episode today is with Bees in a Bottle. Bees in a Bottle are another Portland staple, and you can find them playing around Portland all year round. We caught up with them before their show a few months ago. This episode was originally broadcast live from the X-Ray FM studios in Portland, Oregon, as part of the Wildflowers and Weeds weekly radio show in September of 2023. Wildflowers and Weeds is hosted by me, DJ Lazybones, and produced by Chase Spross. Please enjoy this interview with Bees in a Bottle. I'm DJ Lazybones, and today I am having a very special show. I am joined by Christine and Chad McAllister, a.k.a. the band Bees in a Bottle. Hi. Hello. Now, I wanted to start out with a little introduction about you guys. Um, You know, where you're from, how you got here, and how your band came to be. Sure. Um, You want to start, or should I? No, you should start. Okay. So, uh, we met in, like, late 2008, and we really started writing songs together in like the early 2010s Um, and we met in the Philadelphia area which is where we were both um, living at the time he was teaching music and we were both playing music in that area and um, I was playing a solo show at a coffee shop and he happened to see me and we just from there started playing together and it was just like almost instantly this like really kind of special connection and I was like oh okay this is this is a good one I should (laughs) really hold on to (laughs) you're like you can play guitar I like (laughs) that let's do let's do something let's make some music so yeah that's beautiful so Philadelphia is like it's a really cool city I have a friend who um Brittany Ann Trambaugh she does folk music out there and she was like telling me that the folk scene there is like really cool and extremely like comforting of each other and supportive of each other did you guys have that same experience we had that experience of uh the the few people that we had the opportunity to play with and there's a lot of them that still live there and we still like we'll do long distance collaborations with some of them which is pretty cool that is cool yeah although the time difference is like so hard to navigate it is tell that to my family they call me at like six in the morning right I'm like no you guys are not I know this is the wrong three hours three hours guys my mom's out near Pittsburgh with my little brother and you know I'll call like in the middle it'll be like dinner time for them and it's like my time to wake up yeah (laughs) and I'm like um what are you guys doing and my mom's like well you know I have the kids it's really busy like here they are you know she's like facetiming them and they're at their like prime hyper nature and I'm just like oh no bedtime's in three hours and I don't know if these kids are gonna wind down right but I also have her be like okay I can't talk right now it's bedtime it's 10 here and I'm like oh yeah oh that's right yeah oh yeah it's even more extreme during the summer because I think that the sunset is even later yeah here and so like the sun will still be out at like 9 30 at night and and I'm speaking with my brother and it's like midnight yeah and and he's like oh my gosh the sun is still out I'm like yeah I know I kind of love that summertime like although the sun is up 
for literally like from like seven to ten, which is a lot of sun. Yeah. But like those evenings where it's like getting to be dusk and it's just like this beautiful twilight of like it's nine thirty at night and you're able to like just hang out outside. I mean, it's just like endless summers. Like, yeah. Really I love is. that. Me too. I think um Portland also, like, because you're coming from that area to here like you still have the greenery the trees you've got like the nature that probably feels a lot more at home too yeah definitely it's I I would say it's um it's more dramatic beauty here like you know going to the Jersey Shore is nothing like (laughs) going to the like rugged coast out here and and seeing like the forest literally abutting the the ocean yeah it's insane I our coastline here is so dramatic and moody. I love it. Me too. It's like feeds my emo heart, you know? <laughs> I like want to listen to brand new and watch the sun go down, like, as waves crash <laughs> and I'm freezing in the middle of summer. What brought you guys to Portland? You want to talk about that? I think just a, a different music scene, um, a different landscape, you know, like mountains and hiking and that beach we talked about yeah um and you know the the suburbs of philly are kind of congested you know need a little space yeah for sure yeah that area is so packed like philly to new york mm-hmm. just like endless houses and things and you're just like where is the interesting thing is like there are a lot of trees and stuff like that but it is so different from here and here it's just like everybody's so like connected to nature and yeah it really does feel feel that way you can go on walks and see so many flowers and people's yards and people just like plant garden like food gardens and they're like little you know piece of land between the sidewalk and the street (laughs) like i never saw that in arizona i'm Arizona landscape is so dry. The things that grow there are so different. And it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the desert, like, born and raised. But here, like, I I just still can't believe that, like, I get to live here. <laughs> like, I still, like, pinch myself and it's been, like, five years. And I'm, like, yeah, I mean, that's got to be probably the most extreme difference from, yeah, no, you know, the, like, green moss and everything growing on all the trees up here. And then where you were in yeah, Arizona like no moss never saw moss <laughs> and my cousin like my I was like living in Phoenix for uh, my year three and my cousin Chad came out here for like a um conference he's like in academia world and so he came here and he was like he rode a bike from Portland to the coast and I was like first of all that's insane I didn't know people rode bikes like that I know people yeah. ride a lot in Arizona but it's so hot like I would never fathom that but he's like, yeah, it was like the middle of winter. And he's like, he sent me photos of the trees with moss. And I was like, I have seen Ferngully a million times, but I'd never thought that I would live where like Ferngully fairies lived. Yeah. <laughs> and seeing like in the middle of winter here, like it's still green. We have evergreens and we have moss on all the trees. So even though the leaves die, the moss then grows. And I like, it's a different color. So every season has been, like, so exciting to me. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't think it ever gets old. We've been here almost a decade now, and I still feel like I I have a really great appreciation for 
what we have and how unique and special it is. Do you think nature plays like a big role in your music and like process of music making? Yeah, I think it does. I really have to credit my dad for that, though. Like growing up in Pennsylvania, he always had um, someplace like in the middle of the state for us to go and just like he had a cabin in the woods that had like, you know, no power and that's so cool running water and stuff like that it was just like really rustic and I think that's where he always went to clear his head and just feel you know the gravity of being alive and I think that's one of the only ways that I can properly ground myself because I have such high anxiety about things yeah especially interpersonal relationships I feel like I'm really permeable and I get really affected really easily so in order to process that kind of stuff, it's just so much better to get into this like cocoon where you feel like all the noise drops away and all the obligation drops away. And then you can really kind of hear what what's coming up from inside of you and do some of the processing of stuff. Yeah. Plus like nature and being in those type of like you were saying cocoon, like you've got the nature sounds around you you've got like wind and trees you've got bugs you've got water around you know like yeah these noises that feed into like your soul I don't know and calm you I definitely could relate to that and my dad was kind of similar weirdly um like to detox from the world he would just take us out to the middle of the desert and we would just like walk do desert walks and collect rocks and like he was so I mean that type of like connection is interesting um how it's like familial anxiety reducing techniques yeah that you just don't even like realize until you're an adult that like your parent left you that or gave you that absolutely I think when I was a kid growing up um outside of Philadelphia I felt like I was a little isolated from what was going on in the city but as an adult and the older that I get the more I think, oh, man, my parents really did something special for us by having us right by, like, the creek. And just, like, we could go walk down dirt roads and gravel paths and things like that. That's great. Um, Especially yeah. as a difference from, like, Philly, Philly. Because yeah. that city is so, like, a concrete jungle. Totally. Or cobblestone. Cobblestone jungle. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Real old school. Founding father's style. <laughs> I love that. I think, um, I mean, like, I I haven't spent a ton of time on the East Coast. I've been to, like, you know, Pittsburgh more often, which is totally different than Philadelphia. And we were talking about this earlier. It's kind of, it is reminiscent to me of Portland, the way it's set up with all the bridges across yeah. the water and everything. So I have, I have a lot of love for Pittsburgh, too. There's, like, that... So one of the coolest things I found in Pittsburgh was when you're driving into it from, like, West Virginia area, you go through a tunnel, mm -hmm. and then you come out that tunnel, and then the whole city is, like, made of this glass that, like, they, you know, when they were redoing Pittsburgh and trying to uh, revitalize it, they used, like, a local glass company. I took a Pittsburgh double bus tour. Oh. So this is why That's I know cool. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> to do like touristy things like that and I really love it but I learned a lot but yeah so anyway I learned that like they use this glass company which is really beautiful but that's why the city like glistens and it like literally will glisten 
And then when you're coming to Portland from Hillsboro on like the highway, you go through the tunnel. Oh, you're right. That is that's so similar. Yeah. And then when you yeah, and then when you come out that tunnel, I never thought about that. Yeah. It's like frames the city, and then the city like glistens. Next time you do it, you're gonna like. I'm gonna think of that now. Really yeah, be connected that to connection. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Which is going to make you feel like you're home a little, a little warm home hug. Well, Pittsburgh, the streets don't make any sense. They're not like, it's not, a, I don't know if it's a proper grid. I don't think it's not. It's, it's anything like and that. And it's like built up on all these tall things and you'd have like the incline. The incline, exactly, and, yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> I like Pittsburgh a lot. I think it's a really cool city, but it didn't have any venues. When we were there, we were like trying to find live music. We couldn't find anybody. And I was like, this might be a place we open a venue. Like, they need one. I don't know how it is now. That was, like, five years ago. I think it's a pretty good spot for finding places to play now. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. I almost said the S word. I I just remembered. I didn't say it. We're live. Anyway. (laughs) So you guys released this album back in April. Mm -hmm. A full album. Lots of songs. And it's beautiful. And I was wondering... If you wanted to tell us a little bit about, like, the process of making the music or um, anything specific, because I know you have your instruments ready. And we're we going to be do. doing a little bit of a in-studio session, which is exciting for me. Yeah. Um, so the album came out in April. It's called The Sun Left and Took the Moon With It. And um, I guess just briefly describing it, it's it, it came about um, when I was really kind of, looking into um you know this like well-known phenomenon of artists uh musicians rock stars that kind of have trouble with the drugs and alcohol and suicide and things like that and i was just noticing that there were so many artists that i love that have gone through that and we kind of mythologize them after they've died in some ways and even I don't know if it's like a glorification of the way they burn out, the way they die. It just seemed so off to me. And I I started thinking about um, one person in particular, and I was like, I wonder what happened to his wife after this. And I just looked her up, and she was an artist herself. And she ended up, this is sort of sad, she ended up like dying almost exactly on the anniversary of him having taken his life just a few years later and it was like a medical incident incident that happened when she was alone and for whatever reason that just like rang a bell in my head and I was like there's so much that affects I think that affects people about you know, this, this idea, this old trope we have of like, you know, rock star behavior and how, I don't know, it's so complicated for the people involved in the life of someone who is in a a music industry. First of all, um, I wanted to focus on the women mostly because I feel like in the music industry, they have the hardest time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) from like every level they they really do and um especially when you're trying to process something as complicated as losing like your spouse and you know you have people hounding you for the rights to their music and 
um, people wanting to blame you for their their demise and um, people are just basically unkind and not letting you live in peace and I found so many stories of that and from so many different women um, and some of them were mothers and friends and things like that but I just wanted to write a record that was more from the perspective of the people who are left behind and like all of those ripples that come after that and um yeah so that was the vibe that was the mood and I think like some some of the stories that are in the album are conglomerate of a few different people um and some of them are just like straight ahead one person and I just kind of um felt inspired by one person in their story so it's interesting because like yeah like you were saying a medical situation because like grief is very physical yeah and I don't think people a lot of times especially like we were talking before like um if a person hasn't gone through it they don't know and they just don't understand it yet yeah and I say yet because like we all will come to like those situations and like grief itself is so physical and it like manifests like in your like heart like you can physically feel it you know and so to add on like public opinion exactly and like you were talking about like fighting for rights of so like so many other alternating factors on top of that already like grief is yeah I feel like that's such a unique perspective because um, you know, grief is so personal and it's so hard and there's so many different things that you feel. And it, I think we don't allow for certain emotions, like maybe like the, the, the initial feeling of, uh, betrayal and anger at, you know, being left yeah. by somebody that you wanted to stay around. Yeah. You know, and there's so many facets of like the grief sphere. Yeah. I always think of it as like you know sometimes with grief like you wear it like a coat you know like it's with you all the time and like people and all these other things hitting you is it I mean that's like a story through that right yeah every everything is filtered through that then because you now have this it's like you've opened a door to some other kind of awareness and I do think there's a heightened sensitivity once you're in that pattern of grief that yeah. you don't have in most other points in your life. Yeah, because um, it would be different if it was just fighting for rights of a song, not to mention also carrying the grief and having that on you. Right. And, like, that story is not told very often at all. And women no. in the music industry are already have a harder time getting seen, getting shows, getting respect when you show up to a show. Totally, yeah. You know, like, I've talked – I had – Um, a few interviews for the Women's History Month and a few of the artists said like they used I mean even had to use men's names Mm -hmm. when they were like booking Mm -hmm. just to get like answers and I was like shocked and there's just like all these facets that people don't realize so bringing that to light and I think like this album is also like really relatable for people who list like I was telling you when I was listening to it and I, and you know, as an egocentric human, like we all are, you know, I took it and applied it to my grief in my life. And like, you know, those are all very close things in my life too. Suicide, um, addiction, things like that. 
you know, that I got carry all of that like really close to home. So I think that like it's so relatable for like anybody who picks this album up. That's that's the hope that we have too is that there's um so like one of the songs um that I think you're going to play later in the show that was kind of influential to me it kind of um makes me think of this like <sighs> There's this idea that um, a certain amount of vulnerability or around certain subjects is too much. And I think particularly when it comes from a woman, we, we, we think it's too much. And I wanted to not think about that and just write what was coming to me like intuitively and not think about, is this too much? And so I hope people are um, able to like use that in the way that the the song I'm referencing that you haven't played yet yeah, you allowed can, me. You can mention so it. So it's a it's a Tori Amos song called um, Donut Song. But it's really that whole album. I couldn't just pick one song yeah. that I did. Um, but just kind of allowed me to be like, oh, here's someone being completely okay with like the ugliness of what they're feeling about something. And they're processing through that and not that caring. gives me permission. Yeah. yeah, giving you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think wearing your heart on your sleeve is always like, I. It's the hardest thing to do, and it's hard to like, like you said, be like people expect us to be like stoic about things <laughs> right. and like hold ourselves together, or at and, least do it in a way that's more palatable or yeah, yeah, maybe pretty enough. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> But it is ugly, and like it this is. is, and it is what it is, and that's, yeah, I love that. I know um, you guys are going to be playing us two songs in a row, and they yeah. kind of flow into each other. Yeah. Did you want to tell like a little bit about those two or how they flow? Sure. Okay. So um, these two songs we haven't recorded yet. Oh, actually, I need to pick. I'm not sure if I have one. Chad is always providing me with an endless supply of picks, and then I am losing them. You're like, this is why I keep you around. (laughs) You're my pockets. You're my pockets. You're a lot more than that, but primarily you're my pockets. (laughs) (laughs) So um, these two songs are related. Um, The conversation we had earlier about kind of growing up around nature and things like that, these are newer songs that are hopefully going to go on the next album that we write. And I just started thinking a lot about um, childhood things and how they really um, affect you. I started thinking a lot about my origins. And, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of sufficient, too. Yeah. And relatable. Yeah, well, I mean... A little more specificity on it, I guess that's a really hard word to say, is like um, there are certain things I think that are like your, um, I don't want to call them like, they're more like your first traumas, your first real big fears. And I I was kind of chasing some of those down and trying to find the origins of them. And so one of the things for me is, is this feeling, this constant feeling that I've had since I was very little and I kind of write about that in these songs and it's I call it the death of every summer day and it's this idea that there's never enough time you know yeah you just want to do so much and the sun is 
now going down and you just you can't catch it you've you know you you've missed this opportunity and there may be another one tomorrow but but um I think that's one of like the first really big experiences of grief that I uh trace back to being like very little and and feeling that yeah Yeah. so that's beautiful thank you (laughs) I'm very excited I I find that like very relatable and my even adult life but like those core like traumas yeah of core memory traumas but like that's your core memories are usually things that are traumatic weirdly but that's because we grow from them but tracing it back to like that summer that feeling is you know like I let the day get away or you know yeah it's gone and it doesn't come back you know I I've I think those things don't go away they kind of cycle back in your life and that's why I could trace it yeah as far as I can find it which is pretty young age but um it's still around and it keeps being there and I'm trying to be okay with it being there the older I get um but I think some of that you have to kind of track it down to have a full understanding of why you're having sort of that emotional responses to things yeah and um yeah, I guess that's, I can't remember what I was going to say after that. Well, the first song you guys are going to be playing is Onion Onion Grass. Yeah. And then the second one is The Death of Every Summer Day. Yep. So here we are. Here's the bees in a bottle.
crush me so I kick my little heels against the wall, against the dream, against existing here at all. Oh, I am not ready for you to go.
snow Time is passing me by Still I don't pick up my feet Frozen on the inside It's harder to feel Thank you. Yeah, our pleasure. Yeah, that was so beautiful. It sounds so good. Thank you. That's what, let me thank Chase for that. I know, thanks Chase. <laughs> he helped us dial in the sound here. I uh, always feel like I'm getting like a free show. I'm f I feel so lucky. <laughs> no. So those, uh... just moving the microphone a little bit. I hope I don't bump it. Oh, you're good. I definitely, um, I feel like taken over when you're singing. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. So now you guys, like we were talking a little bit about Tori Amos's song, the donut song that you brought. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have another song with by Radiohead. And, um, you know, I wanted to know a little bit about those songs impacting you or you know, uh, especially in your early music making, were they just like inspirations or, you know, I know obviously the Radiohead song probably captivated you when you were like, oh, music, I want to make that. Yeah, That particular absolutely. Radiohead song came accidentally. Um, I got it when that album came out, which was probably 25 years ago now at this point. And I got it in a department store that was still selling CDs. Love like, that. Oh, Radiohead, I know what they sound like. I'm going to love this. But that particular album didn't sound anything like any of the other albums. And when I first put it on, I was like really disappointed. I was like, okay, there's got to be like a, a rocking song coming up next. And it never did. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot. And then I started to realize like, wow, this, this is even better. You know, I wasn't listening to anything like that at the time. You know, it was a lot of easy stuff to listen to. Um, but when I peeled back the layers of that, I was like, wow, this is great. I kind of want to sound like that. You know, I didn't know that that music was possible until I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of those, like, 
core, you know, like we were talking core memories in yeah. general, but sure. like, you know, a lot of artists put out the same sound on all their albums and then when they throw you something that's like a progress of what they're doing differently which is exactly what artists do like right you know I'm like I was telling you I was a, I'm a painter and my even then like you ha you have to you do change a little bit like you could keep going doing the same thing but as humans we progress and things change and our seasons change and so I was excited when you sent that song over um I did want to play it. This is How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead.
We are back with Christine and Chad from the band Bees in a Bottle, or the AKA the band Bees in a Bottle. So I know we've had some good discussions. We just played the Tori Amos song, and uh, that was Donut Song. And we discussed a little bit about the impact of that song to you. So I yeah, know sure. we don't have to cover that. But um, I did want you to play one of my favorite songs off of your latest album and this song um i know it was your album was released in spring and it's called gardener which mm-hmm. a lot of people would apply to typically garden spring blooming whatever you know yeah the works and i connected it to like this last part of fall especially with um my garden now going through its life cycle and things are starting to fade flowers are losing their petals and I was listening to your album as I was outside and I do my like little garden walk in the morning before the sun gets too hot for my like health and it's like the only thing that grounds me that's so nice so that song I mean I was just obsessed and I'm I asked you if you would play it (laughs) and you said yes and so I feel really excited um and I didn't know if you wanted to give a little you know a little history of the process of writing that song or anything about that song before playing it or if you wanted to just get right into it so we can give a little bit of background on yeah, it I think um, should. yeah so this is this is a song like i was saying earlier that some of the songs on the record are like a conglomerate of a few different people that i had in mind this one is entirely one person and she is a woman who had a really unique situation where her husband was a famous musician and her son was a famous musician and they both died very young um, one of them to a medical or actually no this one of them to an accident and the other one to an overdose um, which I guess is also sort of an accident but um, so she was in this unique sort of situation um, in her her grief where I just I was listening to these interviews with her and she had such a sense of purpose and like she was resolved to bringing the rest of her son's songs to people and oh as i was like reading more about her i was just imagining or i was picturing this almost like this really patient loving caretaker of a memorial garden and i just started writing with that image in mind and sort of put her story down in that way i love that it's so intense to um bringing the rest of his music to the to people is like such a beautiful tribute to somebody yeah and i mean in some of the other tracks in the album there's like um sort of an intense grief i feel like this this one in particular for me had sort of an empowering feeling to it in that uh, she knows one of the things she's here to do is to continue to curate the music that came into the world. I mean, she is a musician herself. She's got a great ear for these things. And so for her to, well, first of all, be allowed by the record label to do that is a unique case, but also like she just seems to, to know that that's one of one of the things that she's here to continue to do. And I just thought that was like 
really beautiful something to come out of such grief you know yeah truly so well here's gardener i also will say we have never played this live so this will be the very first time and i get to be the audience you get to be the audience and the guinea pig for this <laughs> another off to cosmic fame While I stayed dutiful Tending the garden of his name Do 
why why because I am still alive that's why so beautiful thank you thank you I appreciate you playing a request <laughs> I definitely uh I know I was telling you about my garden and stuff and that's where I feel like most connected to my dad and I think that there's like this saying that I heard that really like resonates to also like you know a lot of the meaning behind your album but you know like People die twice. The first is when they leave, like, their bodies. And then second is when we say their name last. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think, like, the memorialization of, like, your stories, like, really relatable to that from her perspective. So, I don't know. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, this has been a pleasure having you all on. I know it's we're... been such a pleasure for us to be here. It's it's really great to just have these conversations with you and I know we'll have yeah. we'll have you on again we should definitely do this again yes for sure I um wanted to close out by letting people know where they can find your music so they can on all streaming sites mm -hmm. and you yep. have a website and we have a, website. a bottle it's all linked on my Instagram too and we'll put it in the show notes yep. we hope you enjoyed the interview with bees in a bottle if you liked this interview please subscribe and rate our show new episodes out every other Tuesday